Hi, Tony. <laughs> Howdy. I feel like I have news anchor hair this evening. <laughs> you do. Coming to you live from the basement. <laughs> it's Tony with Stats and Info. So we only got one one watch on this one, but I, it's okay. I'll tell you, we took good notes. It though. doesn't it doesn't hurt any less on the second watch. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure it doesn't. Well, I, yeah. uh, when I shared, like when we when we got the the exit interview together and we put it out and we put out all our promo stuff, I uh, I shared it and I saw that one of the people who reacted to it or whatever is one of my friends who's watching the show, but he doesn't normally watch it until the weekend. I was like, did he just look at my stories and now knows who's eliminated before he's watched it? But he's also on vacation yeah. this week. So it was like, maybe, maybe he just had time. I'm going to say that it's because he had time. And then when he gets back yeah. to work next week, I'm going to tell him, don't look at my stories on Thursdays or anytime <laughs> before you watch the show. Yeah. <laughs> well, what we can do is I can just send the video into messenger and you that way you can post it on your story whenever you want and so it doesn't have yeah, to be I'll like, still do the exact same thing fair enough yeah, it's, I brought, it's easier if i just share your story after you've done all the legwork fuck it's so it's so <laughs> tedious i hate it so much rick will do like these you know minute clips and he doesn't want me to just post them on the page he wants me to post them onto the stories and so a minute video turns into four story slides and then right. he wants and then he wants me to tag all all four of us and then also the guests on all four of those slides and then he'll be like oh you know what you should do you should turn on the captions for all of these slides as well <laughs> so then i turn on That's the fucking captions <laughs> and then he's like wait that word's not right you know you could edit your captions like we got to go in here and edit the caption so then a fucking one minute video <laughs> to our instagram story turns into like an hour long fucking <laughs> yeah. yeah it's a fucking it's, three hour special it's like disney on ice in this motherfucker <laughs> And he always does it to me on like like days where I'm editing, right? So I'm like already like fucking irritated and <laughs> Look, busy. I don't. And then he's like, "Here, do this," and I'm like, "Damn it!" And I have to do it. It's like I have to. So outside of the editing, uh, the actual podcast editing, I never ask you to do anything I don't already do. No, you don't. But those ones are the ones that piss me off i don't mind doing the the one story page it's the one it's like the four i'm like damn this is so well much. i mean you're the one who t said you wanted to run ig and so. i know and i know and that's why i just do it and i don't complain i just complain about it in my head and yeah. right here i took the fucking <laughs> abysmal role of the twitter account this it's just soul crushing <laughs> every day <laughs> Yeah, fucking, I don't want I don't want nothing to do with Twitter land. Thank you. Uh, yeah, look like plays a fucking cesspool. I'm not the only person that said it. I know it's been said before, but it really is true that the one goal of Twitter every day is to not be the main character of Twitter <laughs> that day. That's, don't be trending. <laughs> like I don't I, I like as much as I want people to like us, I don't want us to be trending for any fucking reason. No, thank you. It's I'm like any time that any celebrity trends, you're like they either did something terrible or they're dead or yeah. somebody said something about them. And then everybody started tweeting out good thing. This person isn't dead, but then the hashtag started trending and then you have to go figure out whether it's because this person has actually died. <laughs> like when Betty white was getting up to her hundredth birthday. Yep. And like every time you turned on Twitter, she was trending. I was just like, I can't, I, I, I can't yeah. handle this. 
yeah. <laughs> when when she actually passed and they announced it, I was like, I don't believe that shit. Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah no, that was no, tough. Don't believe it. And then it, it was real. I was like, fuck. I know that you said fuck because what happened is I don't remember who actually sent it in our group chat, but whoever sent it in the group chat sent the article that she had passed away. And then the rest of the group just responded with fuck. So there was like three of them. Yeah, four of them in succession that just zigzagged across the screen. Well, in in case in case you guys don't know, Tony's referring to our uh, group chat on Facebook that for the groups that we run. um, And we're pretty much all millennials outside of Josh. But Josh is really close. Yeah. So we consider him a millennial, but he is not part of the master council. (laughs) (laughs) He's a brolennial. Yeah. Like we're we're close, but we're not that close. No, I love you, Josh. Bro. <laughs> You're a millennial in, in my heart. <laughs> wow, that was that was good. That was a good one. Yeah, I'm surprised with that. I'm somewhat able to function after being at work all day. <laughs> that was my big thing with this. Is I was like, I don't know how I'm going to function because normally it's on the weekend, so yeah. I'll get up. I mean, I still get up because I get up early with Malcolm on Saturday mornings anyway. I was like, I wonder how I'm actually going to function after working a full (laughs) shift at work and then coming home and then just sort of like mucking around the house until it's time to record. Because now that we've only got one show to recap, it's just 45 minutes. Yeah. And that's all. So there's a lot of downtime (laughs) because Sarah's Sarah's also had like a full day at work. Yeah. So she's tired and she goes to bed early and they're like, oh, I have even more time to do absolutely nothing. <laughs> yeah. All right. Here's challenge fandom podcast coming with the tough entertainment questions. What's your what's the best Adam Sandler movie? Oh, Jenga's already chiming in with Happy Gilmore. It's yeah, it's almost a coin flip between Happy Gilmore and Billy Madison. Because I used to watch them all like I used to watch them both so much. But in all honesty, I would take Tommy Boy over both of them. Agreed. Fair. Um, If we're going by like, what's the best Adam Sandler movie from? I think the perspective we're all looking at it. I'm going to say it's Happy Gilmore. I just enjoyed Happy Gilmore. Last per minute. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, You know, friends can listen to Endless Love in the Dark. It's just got some really great lines in it. You know, Ben Stiller kills in that one. Oh, yeah. But if we're going from like the critics point of view, probably be like 51st States would be my assumption. (laughs) Probably. 51st States was actually pretty solid. It was was a really good movie. It was cute. I liked I'm not a Drew Barrymore fan. So that's like my issue. I don't. There's just something about her, her quirks and stuff that fucking bothers me. I don't like her. I never have. But that's the only reason I don't like that one. Challenge Fandom Podcast, sponsored by Drew Barrymore. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, for one, like Drew Barrymore. Uh, it, it, look, I know I'm in the minority on that. Majority of people love her. Like, she was literally, like, fucking America's sweetheart when she was, you know, a teen actress and shit. But <laughs> I just, I don't know. Why are you I think laughing? Every, we, all have, we all have people like that. Yeah. Julia Gulia. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Who's your one person that you just can't stand? Like, you know, they're a good actor, actress, whatever, but there's just something about him you can't fucking stand. Cameron Diaz and Tom Cruise. 
That's that's fair. But I liked them in Vanilla Sky because I yeah. thought it was a good movie and it was good writing. I yeah. just don't. I, I just I never see. I don't see Maverick Air Force pilot. I see Tom Cruise tooth down the middle of his face <laughs> pretending to be a fucking Air Force pilot. You know, that's what that's just what I see. I don't know. Cameron Diaz is the same person in every fucking movie. That's fair. For me, for the longest time, it was actually Natalie Portman, and I don't 100 percent know mm. why. Like, I really don't. It's not that she's necessarily been in bad movies. It's not even necessarily that she's been bad in movies. There was just something about her that for the longest time I couldn't shake. And then um, the movie Annihilation. I'm a huge fan of the book and like all three of the books in the series. And the movie Annihilation was fantastic, like across the board. Hmm. It was it's one of those books that's almost like it's unfilmable in the sense that I don't actually know how you could make it into a movie at all, just based on the book itself. And the director basically said right out of the gate, this is my interpretation of the book. Not necessarily. This is a, an adaptation right. of the book, but she was awesome in it. And then I sort of gave myself a goal to go back and watch some of her older movies or just movies that I had actually avoided because she was in. And then I ended up like actually liking most of them. And even if I didn't like them, I liked her in them. So now I actually actively seek out Natalie Portman movies, but there oh, was like cool. probably a good seven or eight years where I was just like, no, thank you. I don't. <laughs> and I couldn't explain it to anyone. Cause again, she's not like, she's a good actress. Yeah. I just, for whatever reason, I could it like it just didn't sit right ever but yeah now i actually really like her i had the same feeling um and i but i know exactly why it was because of episode two and her performance in it <laughs> um, seemed really mailed in to be honest oh there wasn't God. wasn't just i don't know wasn't a fan of it um no yeah, i didn't like her in and moment, it turned but... me off on her for a while and then i saw her in black swan mm. And she did, I thought, incredibly well. And then I saw some other movies. I think it was God, I can't, the one with like um, Clive Owen and Jude Law. Closer. Yes. Closer. Yeah. I love that movie. And oh, my God. Seeing her play that role, which is so different than the normal ro role that she plays. Yeah. I was like, wow. And she sold me on it. Yeah. And that's my thing is like, that's my big thing against like Tom Cruise is like, I don't ever see the character he's playing. I see Tom Cruise pretending to be this character. Right. Where like someone and this is I'm just going with it like Daniel Day Lewis, for instance. I don't necessarily see Daniel Day Lewis. I see the character that he's portraying. Right. And that's kind right. of how yeah. I look at it. Yeah. And that's why like I'm not big on like the Fast and the Furious movies because majority of those guys that are in those movies, I don't see the character they're playing. I see them like I right. see Vin Diesel, you know, and that's my thing. I think with both like the Fast and Furious franchise and with Tom Cruise, I like them because actually because the characters that they're playing are basically variations of themselves. Like the guys in Fast and Furious over the franchise have all become car guys. Mm. And like, you know, if there's a Tom Cruise movie that's come out because of how he always tries to sort of top the last thing that he's done. He like there's always going to be this one set piece. Right. That, you know, is going to be something that he learned how to do and did it himself. So like when the trailer for the new uh, the new Mission Impossible came out and you see that shot of like 
the motorcycle going up and over the cliff and then him jumping off of it. Yeah. Uh, I looked at Sarah like that's the stunt. That's the one from this movie that he mm-hmm. totally like did it again and again and again. Oh, yeah. And, and I want to clarify, like, it's not like that. I can't stand him and I won't watch his movies because no. he's in some good fucking movies that yeah. I'm not going to like Top Gun is a great fucking we, we movie. We were just watching it. Like, yeah. And a couple weeks ago. And as soon as the second one comes out where I don't have to go to a theater, I'll, <laughs> I'll watch it. You know we only I mean? go to theaters for Star Wars and Marvel. OK, <laughs> like legit. That's Unless there's like something really good out there, like a movie where I'm like, oh, like something shit. super yeah, like it's really got to grab wow. me. Yeah. Um, and I'm talking like Pacific rim choking i'm kidding uh awesome though because it's grown up power rangers it's exactly it's fucking um you know it's zoltron or whatever the fuck it was (laughs) voltron that's what it was the cartoons yeah but what was that one that i told you that actually it's one of the movies that i really like with tom and it has tom cruise in it and i'll watch it tomorrow yep how fucking hive mind, bro. <laughs> We've never had this discussion. How'd you know that? Uh, because we were talking about Pacific Rim, therefore robots and mech. And then you started talking about your favorite Tom Cruise movie. And I was like, okay, well, based on that conversation, it's probably <laughs> going to be Edge of Tomorrow. All right. I'm going to start. So you guys just have the same brain. That's just, yeah, all right. it's pretty cool. true. <laughs> You want to do the intro tonight for me? <laughs> Not particularly. I think we should um, get going on the recap, though, because it's already 9.20 or one twenty. It's 7 o'clock on the dot. I'm, I'm in saying, my drop top. I have a lot of editing to do before. Cruising the streets. I have a lot of sleeping to do. Okay. Go ahead. <laughs> he does not want a good edit on this episode. I've already- Tony sucked up already. Yeah. He did his his sucking up. He already got approved for a good edit. You over here messing around. You guys are not hive mind right now. No, we are. I'm taking the heat for Tony. (laughs) How are you taking the heat for Tony? Yeah, so over here being a jerk. (laughs) Yeah, no, I'm taking the heat for Tony so he can enjoy someone being a jerk, but he doesn't have to be that guy. (laughs) Oh, is that what it is? Yeah, Tony, it's a yin and a yang. Hive mind. Look at the yin and yang. The yin, it's got some white with a little black circle. The yang, black with a little white circle. It's connections. Can't have the bad without the good. Is that like that, you know, that running joke about how there's just like one brain for all men in the world and they just, you guys all just take turns with it each day? Sorry, it's not my turn right now. (laughs) (laughs) Please check back later. (laughs) One final movie quote or uh, reference into the wild. How do you feel about that? Did you really? (laughs) Karina just boo cocky me with coffee. (laughs) What the fuck? How did that even happen? (laughs) I'm sorry. (laughs) My straw. That's (laughs) that's how I'll get good at it. Right there. And my straw like slipped out. It just like flipped Let's fucking do this. Let me take a drink of coffee. Let's rock and roll. Yeah, we got to get through Don't this. spit it on Karina. <sighs> That's how I would lose my good edit that I've just now earned. How'd you earn a good edit? I'm just I let you spit your fucking bukkake coffee let- <laughs> all over me. You let me? <laughs> well, I didn't really have a choice, but I put up with it. <laughs> yeah, you put up with so much from me. I don't know how you do it. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I should talk to Brandon about it. Maybe you should. <laughs> <laughs>
Hey, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us at the Challenge Fandom Podcast. We're back to bring you another episode of the Challenge Trash Talk Roundtable, where we're going to be discussing the Challenge USA Episode 3, Declarations of Independence. Boom. I pledge allegiance to the fucking flag. Bam. Anyways, I'm pretty excited about this. Um, it was yeah. It was a good episode. I really fucking enjoyed it. Hell yeah. Wasn't the best partners, but that's going to happen with these yeah. fucking episodes, obviously. There was there were still some good partners. There were still some good partners. Yeah. There were. There were. But it wasn't it wasn't as spicy to me as last week. No, definitely there were some not. Wasted partnerships, too. Yeah. Like, I mean, not it's not jumping ahead. This is the first thing that they do every week. Now. <laughs> Sarah and Cinco totally yes. wasted partnership for not having a physical elimination. Mm-hmm. Shannon Derek totally wasted partnership for not having a super strategic element like daily. Right. Yep. They, those are, those are partnerings that you really want on different dailies. Yeah. And whether that is sort of adding to the realism of the quote unquote randomization of the algorithm or not, I don't know. Because if I'm production and I'm picking the actual teams and making it look like it's an algorithm picking the teams, then I'm not picking Cinco and Sarah on a running and standing challenge. (laughs) I'm picking them on like a choo-choo train challenge. That's what I want to see that partnership on. And I want to see Derek and Shan absolutely busted out on like trivia or something like that. Mm-hmm. I don't want to see them doing a running and standing challenge. Like that's a waste of an awesome pairing. Right. Well, before we get too far, I actually want to go back to the intro. I, you know what? And I, I see your note and I'll let you talk about that. But really quick, I just want to say, <laughs> I'll let you talk about the intro. You I just, just fucking Kanye West me. I was. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like Taylor fucking Swift over here. Yeah. You know what? You did real good. But let me talk to you about Beyonce. <laughs> Hang on. No, I just. <laughs> Hive mind. I'm not. I'm not. (laughs) I don't care about that. I just want to say. I just want to say that I like that they're doing this because, like, I don't know why I didn't notice it on the first and and second episode, but I just noticed it for the third episode that they're doing the same kind of format where, like, you know, the they bring out the the challengers or what you know whatever you want to call them. They bring them out and they have them do the you know last time on or whatever, and they're doing something silly like they do on the MTV version. I don't know why I didn't notice it in the first two episodes, but I didn't fuck or in the second episode. Obviously, there wouldn't have been one on the first one, but I didn't notice it in episode two. And I don't know why, but I like that because it was just the group. I like that they're doing that because I'm like, you know, like you're going to talk about this one, but it's like it's cool, like to see like people we like from other shows. And then now they're doing this like thing that's, you know, only the challenge does like Survivor Big Brother, like they don't do that with their players. And so it's just it's cool to see like our favorite Big Brother players, or, like Survivor players, like having this moment that is like, I don't want to say like legendary or anything, but it's like it's just a big part of the challenge hmm. anyway. That was all I was going to say. You getting all mad over here. No, you just literally Kanye West me. That's all. Because I wanted to talk. I wanted to say something. And if I, if anybody on this podcast wants to say something, they have to cut you off. Like, that's just how it is. I'm sorry. I pause quite frequently. <laughs> no. 
I'm oh assuming Tony's hive minding right, with you right now, so that's fine. <laughs> I just don't have anything to say about the intro. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, guys, uh, the intro was Kylan and Xavier sitting in the hot tub, and they did, hey, last time on the challenge, mm-hmm. some people made a big splash, and then Derek X pops up from the back and has a, like a tea kettle that he's pouring <laughs> water into the jacuzzi. The, but if, the hot tub was empty. It was completely empty, <laughs> and he's pouring like this tea kettle of water in there, and fucking Xavier goes, cannonball, and just lays down where he's fucking pouring the water yeah i died i thought it was fucking hilarious i love it and like that was my thing like i love that they're having them do these back to the pairings see there i paused you did for too long now i'm gonna have to cut that well there's some we we've been doing that quite a bit tonight so um (laughs) i do agree that there were some wasted partnerships with tony from what you were saying earlier um, but with that being said, I think there was some also really strong partnerships. Totally. Like I thought, I thought the Kylan Angela one, obviously very strong. But yeah. once they named those two, I was like, oh shit! Yeah. But there were also some just really interesting ones, and obviously we're not going to go through all of them because that's just pointless. Yeah. But yeah, one that caught my attention was Tyson and Alyssa. Mm-hmm. Um, very different people working together so i was interesting to see how that was going to play out i thought dominic and cache or cache was a very obviously interesting partnership and dom (laughs) mentioned it like i and he's getting some shit for it but yeah guys leave dom alone like i really don't think that he made that statement to be like malicious like he was making a joke because he's got like a wife and kids and shit at home yeah and he keeps getting paired up with these like you know, 23, 24 year old, beautiful women from Love Island. You know what I mean? Like it was I don't know. I thought it was just supposed to be like a sarcastic, like funny, like dad kind of moment. And everybody's like making him out to be this bad guy, like back off. Well, and that's the thing, too, is like Dom actually is super sarcastic because like I I watched his season of Survivor right. and like he's that's Dom's sense of humor. And yeah. I mean, it was it was super clear that it was just a matter of like he's getting paired with people half of his age who are at a completely different point in their life than he is like you yeah. said like he's married he's got kids and i mean obviously not totally the absolute best way to say it but what he was saying is not how it's necessarily being perceived in my opinion i don't know 100% what he was saying cuz i'm not dumb but right from what I know of him as a person, as a player, and just like from his sense of humor and then what he said, and especially because I just watched it again like two hours ago, it was very much like super off the cuff. It wasn't like he came in and he's like, look, I got to do this confessional right now because I got stuff to say. Yeah, it was just, exactly. <laughs> it was just like <laughs> off the cuff. I mean... Yes, they were probably the most volatile. <laughs> you got Rick. Rick on that one. <laughs> I just got this image in my head of Dom like pushing Tyson, like, get the fuck out of my way. I gotta say some shit. <laughs> I gotta get some <laughs> shit off my chest. <laughs> Sorry, Tony, go ahead. <laughs> well, no, like, oh my God. I think I think that Cache and Dom are probably the most volatile team that we've seen so far. And every confessional that one had, there was another confessional from the other person basically yeah. either contradicting it or saying that 
the other person was going to be the reason that something didn't work for the exact same reason that the first person said, like it was it was just not a good pairing um, for yeah. for this daily, for their temperament, for this point in the game, like any number of reasons. It could be that like later on down the line, if they get paired up again, that they'll do better because they've learned from this experience. But he said like a couple times throughout, like just different ways that it could have gone differently. But mm-hmm. at the end, he still said like, she's the one who pulled out the win. Yeah. And that's true. And real quickly though, it, it was a good pairing for me in fantasy. Oh God. Just anyway, that out there. Um, but I, one real quick take I have on this is, and I didn't really develop this take until you'd mentioned what Dom does for a living. And look, I'm not trying to make excuses for off the cuff statements or anything like that, but the majority of people I saw getting pissed off on Twitter are the same people that have never worked in the blue collar industry. And when you work in a blue collar industry, a lot of statements are off the cuff and not PC. And Mm -hmm. it is going to offend people. Now, what Dom said was not as bad as what a lot of people say on a daily fucking basis. Just bullshitting. Like literally what he said isn't even like half as bad as some of the shit being said about and to him on fucking Twitter. right? Exactly. And it's just ridiculous. You guys are mad about this, but look at the things that you're saying right now. Like, it's just it's gross. People are gross. Um, Before we move on from the partners, another. So the one that I found interesting that you guys haven't listed yet was Desi and Enzo. Because if you guys remember back to episode two, that was one of the people where she was like, this is not who I want to be paired with because like there's people here that, you know, are like really good. And then there's other people where you're like, "Eh, I don't know how they're going to do. And so as soon as they got paired together, I was like, oh, shit. And she's like smiling up there and stuff. And I'm like, I know she's thinking in her head, like, fuck, man, like, hopefully this doesn't screw me. But so I thought that was pretty interesting. No, I did too. Uh, right after we go through the algorithm, the part that really stood out to me, and I'm sure a lot of people saw it, and it was when TJ was in there and he goes, look, I haven't seen a group this heavy in heart in a long time. Yeah. And I think it, that's huge. I think yep. he's absolutely correct too, because you see these people, uh, you know, from these different shows and especially shows like Love Island, where you don't really expect them to be, you know, like, thrill seekers and willing to do this but none of them have quit and they've done quite a few heights challenges already yeah none of them have bitched out on anything no and they all put everything into it even the last place teams like week one with aza and fucking kylan yeah had to run up those 22 stories aza fucking damn near had heat stroke by the time she got done but she got it fucking done you know the task and i think that translates really big on screen to us and that's why you're seeing a lot of people going i like this show it's a good show Mm -hmm. and you know there's always going to be the haters but it is what it is i think tj's reading this for what it is and he knows how well it's going to do you know he knew how well it was going to do while they were filming it and so and just my little two cents on that it's not even a matter of like well for one there's not really any weak players in this season no like if anything there could be the least strong of the players but even then they're still not they're still not weak players yeah Um, everyone came to compete and everyone came to play um obviously just because of the nature of the show love island is the group that surprised me the most and has impressed me the most because i had no idea what to expect i've never seen an episode um, I don't know what the gameplay is. I don't know what the elements are, but 
for them, they've just like they've come out swinging. They figured out the game fairly quick and they're just kind of rolling with it. And everybody else is sort of set in their ways of yeah. playing it like Survivor or playing it like Big Brother or playing it like Amazing Race. Whereas because Love Island is such a different format, they're actually benefiting from being able to adapt easily. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. To exactly. however the game moves. Whereas everybody else has sort of that preconceived notion of I'm going to play it this way because right. this is how this game interacts with my game. Whereas Love Island's just like, we have to do what we have to do. We can use what our social game to help further us in the game. Right. But having the social game being really the only aspect that overlaps is kind of a huge benefit that I'm only just starting to see um, that I didn't really pick up on in the first couple of episodes. Well, Tony brings up an interesting point, and I want to ask you this question now. Hmm. Which of the cast have you been most surprised by? Oh, definitely Love Island. Like, And I think that I said this even when we did our our CBS cast, uh, or I'm, I'm sorry, our Challenge USA cast spoiler and predictions is I predicted that Love Island would be like first out the door. Like they were just going to right out the door, you know, but they've consistently shown up. They've consistently performed. And if I'm remembering correctly, so episode two was Kylan and Aza in the bottom. Episode three was, or episode or one. And then episode two was James and Kayla. Kayla. And then episode three was James and Tasha. Like Love Island hasn't been in the bottom at all. They're the only only show that hasn't the been. only show that hasn't been that hasn't been represented in the bottom. Granted, yes, they have had people be sent in, like um, you know Cashel when he went in with Tiffany and, yeah. and you know whatnot. But they haven't come in last place. Nobody from their show has come in last place, and that shocks me because I was expecting to see Love Island in the bottom every daily. It's it's. It is interesting because they haven't been in the bottom, but they've been eliminated more than anybody else. Yeah, that's true. Because the first two were Love Island and Cache and Sally and Sally and then Giovanni and Sally or Giovanni and Sally. And then you had Cashel and Tiffany, Tiffany. who's big brother. And then this week we had um, James Amazing Race and Tasha Survivor. Um, So every other show's lost one and they've lost three. So that is kind of an interesting dynamic as far as the numbers go. Myself personally, I'm most surprised by amazing race. Are you? I did not. I, when cat, when Cashel and Tiffany went up against James and Kayla, mm-hmm. I thought they were going home. James and Kayla. Yeah, yeah. I thought they were going home. Yeah. And you know, same with, you know, I thought James was going home this week too once i knew he was going in but he put up such an amazing fight in every portion of this and it and how well it seems all of these people on amazing race understand the social aspect and can read the social aspect on this game when that's really not a factor at all in their original show it's really just about getting from point a to point b with puzzles and and yeah. obstacles in the way and i mean let's be honest 50 percent of amazing race is them either in a cab on a boat or in a plane right you know what i mean um so to see them be able to read this social game as well as they have has mm-hmm. surprised me the most that's that's a good point and i can't i can't remember what leo said 
But I know that James and Kayla are both really big reality TV fans and they're both really big challenge fans. Like they've watched it previously. I want to say Leo is too. Um, And so like, I think that that also helps play in with them kind of, you know, uh, you know, knowing what to expect from the show, because a lot of the big brother and survivor players are like, yeah, you know, I know of the challenge. I did some research before I came on here, but they haven't been longstanding fans of the show, whereas it seems like James, Kayla and possibly even Leo have been. So I think that that's definitely a plus for them as well. Yeah. One of the other interesting elements from The Amazing Race is the fact that the social game, I think, does play a bit more than we're giving it credit for because it is such an individual game and you're not playing with other teams. You're playing against other teams, mm-hmm. but you need to know who and you need to know when that you can work with other teams. And yeah. that's really important. Like as far as the social aspect goes, that's because fair. there was a yeah. lot of the times when Kayla and her partner were sort of um, pairing up with either Dusty and Ryan, or they were sort of pairing up with um, Kim and Penn. Yeah. Um, in the amazing race, the most recent season. And I want to say I'm, I don't remember whether it was Leo or James, but one of the two of them sort of initiated the concept of basically an alliance with other teams on their, their season. It was them talking to each other. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't, I don't remember who I want to say it was James that initially brought it up in the edit. Who knows how it actually happened. But I remember that when they were sitting there shooting pool together and they were like, you know, we're the smallest one. So like, basically we can like infiltrate any of the other shows and just like, you know, leech onto them pretty much and strengthen them and strengthen ourselves in, in return. Yeah. And that's fucking awesome. And it, it and that was the thing, too, about the social thing, because that's why I was so hard. Like, I was so hard about wanting James on my team, because that was all I had read about him on all over Reddit and stuff. When I was researching some of the players I didn't know before we did the draft is that everybody was like, oh, he had such an amazing social game, social game on, you know, amazing race and blah, 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 blah. Like, he's so good socially. And I don't watch Amazing Race, so I didn't know. But, you know, and so yeah. I, there's got to be some sort of, you know, social play into it. But, yeah, I mean, I can definitely see where you're coming from. They're doing great. Yeah, I mean, and, and I made that statement based off my really limited knowledge of Amazing Race, of watching it. It's in not the, the same level. Yeah, though. the 2000 no. to 2005 range. And I'm sure that that show has evolved quite a bit from its first yeah. few seasons to what it is now because no show stays but I the think, same. I so. think it's still a fair statement because, you know, it's it's even the the social play on, that is, you know, being described to be on Amazing Race isn't on the same level as like Big Brother Survivor or The Challenge. So, I mean, yeah. it's there, but it's not the same. So it's it's still impressive. Well, and I'm glad you bring up the, the social play in that statement because in the next scene, we get two really big social players mm-hmm. with Derek and Shan, which is an interesting partnership that Tony brought up earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, as a, as they this were talking... awkward as yeah, fuck. But as they were talking, like, <laughs> I know... Like, this is just my personal opinion. I have the note here. Derek and Shan are the same player, both cunning and deceitful. So, and and, and that's no offense to them, but no. that's just the, the, how I view them and how I think they play the game. Um, they might go at it from different perspectives, but it's it's the way they play, in my opinion. Well, and I, I have a question, and obviously this stems from me not having seen um, Shan's original season 
And, you know, I'm sure that there are others out there like myself who haven't seen it. But, you know, Derek starts talking about, you know, the Shantham or whatever in his in his confessional. And I see you laughing, Tony. Um, <laughs> what is the Shantham? Is that just like like explain that to me, please? And it's, <laughs> it's her little tune that she hums to herself when she's getting stuff done, when she's. Oh, so it's an actual. Yeah. So Survivor actually. So it's her own thing, right? Like it's something that she, she does. Um, mm-hmm. And she, they, you saw the the flashback where she was doing it. Um, it's when like it's when she starts to get into that, like not underhanded, but like when she when she's getting ready to make her move. Mm-hmm. And the composers for Survivor actually composed the Shantham into some of the music on the show. So they they used it a couple of times in the show, like during her edit. Right. um, That's beyond just her humming it. See, I didn't know if it was just like, you know, like just a title that like fans or other players use to describe like her her shady like gameplay. Like that's the Shantham to play shady. You know, that's her thing, whatever. No, it's legit her humming. But okay, so it's legit the song that she's like, I gotcha. Okay, that makes more sense. See, I'm glad I asked because I was completely fucking assuming wrong. The more you know. The more you know. (laughs) (laughs) Millennials. If you are out there and you just waved your hand across the sky. You're our people. You are our people. You belong here. You can fly twice as high. Take a look. It's in a book. Reading Rainbow. Reading Rainbow. I'm sorry, guys. You can turn your volume down now. So going back to what you said earlier, too, I like this part of when they were showing Dominic and Cashy and they were doing their opposing confessionals. And Dominic goes, I don't give a shit about Cashy's problems with Cinco. It's time to go. <laughs> I was like, yes, bro. Fuck yes. Yeah, I I did. But, think, I did think that was hilarious. But I think it, it, it really does just show how different not necessarily people they are because they might be very similar if they gave themselves chance to actually talk and get to know each other, but just how very different they are in their lives. Game Dominic's yep. doing this because he's got a family at home. Mm-hmm. Cachet's doing this because it could lead to maybe more opportunities and, and further her career. Dominic's already got his and fucking 500K. career. Yeah. And 500 K, which is what Dominic's going for. But well, and Dominic's there for the end goal, you know, and not to say Cachet well, isn't, but he's got more on the line in my opinion. And not to take anything away from her, but that's just how I view it. Well, and especially like, and that's the thing is obviously, you know, we really try to drive home the fact that this is an edit. And Mm -hmm. so I I also try to keep that in mind. But the way it's being edited and the way that this situation is being portrayed is like, you know, Cache is more invested in the opportunity that she could potentially have with Cinco on the show and where that could potentially lead for them rather than the actual game. And I think that's what like Dom was really referring to in this moment. Like, I don't give a fuck what happens with you and Cinco. If you guys make up or not, like, I don't give a shit about that. We're here to win money and you need to focus, you know? And I I can't, I can't blame her. I, or I can't blame him. You know, I, like you said, they're at two different, completely different stages in their life. And they have completely different styles of gameplay, you know? And, but I'd probably feel the same way. Like, I don't care about you getting back together with your boyfriend. I need you to focus and help me win this challenge. Okay. Like, (laughs) but I also want to point out how funny is it that the literal fucking minute that Tiffany is out of the house, all of a sudden Cache and Cinco are reconciling and starting to like 
be around each other more. And she's like looking at it as an actual opportunity put to potentially pursue something further. And I'm just like, oh, but it wasn't, you know, her pushing for Tiff wasn't about Tiffany, you know, wasn't about Tiffany and, Ke- and uh, Cinco at all. Don't worry. It was all gameplay. I'm like, OK, whatever. <laughs> I think that this confessional where he's just like, I don't give a crap. Like, we're here to play a game. We're here to go mm-hmm. is more of an indication that the previous confessional was just as snarky and not serious. Yeah. Because, I mean, I don't think at this point there is anybody in the house who thinks that Love Island is weak. And if they do, then they're like dead wrong. Yeah. But nobody is saying that Love Island is weak. No. Or that like they can't get it done. It was just sort of like you said, it was like an off, off the cuff thing. But I found, also found it funny that when we were talking about like next time on last time, mm-hmm. uh, Karina, you had said that you thought that the way uh, it was Cache edited was Sarah. talking about Sarah. And mm-hmm. I was like, I'm pretty sure that she was talking about her and Cinco, but I wasn't sure enough to bother saying anything because mm-hmm. as we all know, that is like the drama side of things is my least favorite part yeah. of the show. Uh, just cause just because I don't, I, I don't know. I don't like it. They- I, don't, I don't dislike it. I just am indifferent, but it was the wording It yeah. was when she said y'all because she was talking about somebody else saying it to her about them versus cache saying it about exactly. Sarah. So I was like, I'm like 99% sure that Sarah is totally married. Yeah. Well, and that was my thing. So I was like, I know she's got, a, you know, her son and everything. I was like, I'm pretty damn sure she's married, like whatever. But that was what it was. It, w- it was the way that they had the way that they edited that statement. To make it sound like Cache was talking to Sarah saying he said he's not done with you yet. But really, Cache was talking to Sarah, relaying a message that she had gotten from somebody else from Cinco about her. And I'm like, OK, that makes a lot more fucking sense. And screw these next times on, except for we'll still talk about them because that was a horrible game of telephone right there. Um, <laughs> in, in case you're wondering. Never mind. Anyways. <laughs> so getting into what we're being more known for, Tyson. Yeah, the, since we the talk Tyson about fandom <laughs> podcast, yeah. um, which uh, anyways, the reason I bring that up is because the next scene is Tyson and Angela sitting there talking and it, and we get an insight into their strategy on how they're kind of approaching the season, at least to each other. Uh, doesn't mean that they're not planning on backstabbing one another later down the road, but at least for the time being and when the least the way they're telling the story and they're getting the edit, it mm-hmm. shows that they're pretty strong allies and partners in this. Yeah. Um, but o- overall, you know, really what they're trying to accomplish is, is getting rid of the weaker players so they don't have to be partnered with them later in the season. Yep. And, you know, running a final against some of the best, which yep. I respect, but I also think, you know, as much as it is doing the Goku thing, you don't an easy win is always what's a the little fe- bit more what's the female version of goku because angela legit says this like six times throughout this episode to like multiple different people she's like i want to run against the best at the end i want the best people here and i want to go against them i'm like what's the female version of goku because that's what angela is <laughs> but no, I, I do like it, though. I like that they're still working together. I thought it was really cute that they like they like set it at the exact same time at the end when they were like, you know, we don't want to be partners with them. And they like literally set it in 
on key with each other. And I was like, okay, so they're really on the same page right now. They're vibing. Everything's good. And that makes me happy because obviously like if, again, if you guys heard our predictions, like they were my two picks for the season, um, for the season winners. And so, you know, I'm loving this freaking friendship and this relation, this, like whatever you want to call it, this alliance, friendship, relationship, whatever you want to call it. I am so here for it. I love them working together. I think um, I don't know if he, I don't know if they said it in the episode or if it was from um, his podcast, but the other half of this. So the first half is wanting to get the weaker players out before you're partnered with them. Mm-hmm. The other half of that is if you've already been partnered with them and are no longer partnered with them, you want to then keep those people so that they can be partnered with the other stronger players mm-hmm. to weaken them. And again, oh, OK, we, yeah. So like if you've already been partnered with this person, then there's no point in getting them out because they could potentially be partnered with somebody else. Who's a bigger competition for you. Like Tyson's not going to go target Justine because he doesn't have to worry about that right now, but he's also not going to target Justine because they're actually apparently quite close. Um, They're friends. So that was another, that was another sort of thing against apparently against the Leo and Justine pick um, was the fact that Tyson had actually uh, become close with Justine because he's of the mindset, which is a very smart mindset of people who already have enough money to run the final. Those are the people that you want to keep close because those are invariably the people that you're going to be running with or against. Yep. I was going to say, uh, just to answer your question earlier, I don't know it right off top the the female equivalent of Goku, but I would say it's Chi-Chi. Chi-Chi. um anyway but what i did notice is that tyson and angela are not being careful with their um their discussions their relationship feel like they need to be i don't feel like they i don't think they feel like they need to be now but it is still potential danger down the road as less and less people you know as there's less people in the house that becomes a reason to target them they're doing good they're winning and they're super fucking close working together which keeps bb and survivor as like a a full thing which outnumbers anything that amazing race and love island could ever try to do in the house so i think it's potential trouble down the road right now it's going to be fine nobody's going to want to target them right now and really nobody can (laughs) because they keep fucking winning but um, I just think it's potential trouble down the road. The other thing, too, though, is Shan said that to Justine. Yeah. And you notice that Justine didn't really say anything back. Um, but the other thing with that, too, is they're both sort of in the CT or Jean A situation mm-hmm. where who really wants to go up? And, like, yes, they want them out. Right. Obviously. Yeah. But who's going to do that? Yeah, who's going to take them out at this point? Well, from here, uh, and I do like that these early beginning house scenes are kind of kept pretty short. They get into the daily pretty quickly. We get more daily than we do intro house time, and I love that. Anyways, uh, we get into the daily, and uh, I love the intro shot on this. It looked like an old abandoned like adventure park with a roller coaster that looked all fucking rusted out. I was like, dude, that's fucking cool. Yeah. And I thought they were going to have to do something where they were climbing it, but no, that's not it. They had, they had shipping containers set up, but (laughs) um, the name of this uh, daily is called hang on, man. (laughs) Um, Oh, wait, really quick. Sorry. I wrote this. I wrote this down. 
I again, I didn't notice this on episode one nor two. So if it was on those and I just didn't notice it, then cool, fine, great. Um, but I'm noticing it now. I love that. And I don't know why they don't do it on the MTV version. I don't really fucking care right now. But I love that they're titling TJ as BMX legend. They're not just titling like handler, host, whatever stupid shit that MTV wants to come up with. They're fucking giving him the title he deserves. BMX legend. And thank you, CBS. Thank you so much. Buna Murray, all of that. That fucking man deserves that title. They should fucking introduce him like they do the kings in Game of Thrones. <laughs> TJ of the House of Lavin, first of his name, breaker of bones, BMX legend, challenge host. <laughs> yes fucking epic yes that is that's the energy we need for tj okay we're getting closer with the bmx legend title and i appreciate it so i just wanted to point that out tj holler at me i'll introduce you every episode every episode we got you for a nominal (laughs) fee that's gonna be his intro when he comes on to our when he comes on for his interview in september i'm gonna actually have to write that down so i don't fuck it up (laughs) you'll still fuck it up i love you i'm just kidding You know you're getting nervous saying that in front of TJ because you'll be saying it to him. Okay, I'm sorry. That was mean. Yeah, yeah. that's why I'm getting a good fucking edit. (laughs) I was just going to say that I had noticed it in the first episode. And it's funny because I when I saw it, every time I see it, I think to myself, I have to remember to mention that. But then I also think, did I already mention that? Did we already have this conversation? So that I don't because I'm like, I don't want to bring this up again because somebody's going to be like, yeah, we've already talked about this. Yeah, we know, Tony. Recaps. <laughs> so then I just haven't said anything. And I know I wrote it down again. I was like, I'm reasonably sure that we haven't talked about this. No, we haven't. And then I looked at it in my notes and I wasn't 100 percent sure that we hadn't already talked about it. So I just hoped somebody else would eventually mention it. Yeah, I don't think anybody else is. Yeah, no, I don't think anybody else has. And like I said, I just I just noticed it on this episode. I was like, hold the phone. Yes. Okay, guys, I'm going to do my best to try to explain this This fucking convoluted daily. Wish me luck. Good luck. I didn't write it down. I just wrote Rick's got it. Fuck. Good thing I take notes. (laughs) Rick's got it. (laughs) All right. So. Because I have faith in you. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) George Michael told me to have some. (laughs) Faith. Anyway. Anyways, all right, here we go. Daily, hang on, man. What you have to do in this daily is the pairs will run across a parking lot to grab 12 planks. Doesn't explain if you have to grab them one at a time. You do. It does say that. Oh, does it? Okay, you have to grab one at a time. One at a time, yeah. To build a staircase on the other side of the parking lot. And that staircase is basically uh, you're building up to climb on top of a shipping container. They don't explain at this exact time, but we later find out that these stair planks that they have to grab are different each one's a little bit different it's like a puzzle figuring out which one goes where mm-hmm. very survivor i was gonna say if you've ever um, watched survivor you know exactly yeah. what we're talking about <laughs> then once they get up on top of the shipping container one person has to take it looks like a squat bar that's curved with two wires coming off a wire coming off each end that has a clip The other partner then has to pick a letter out of a stack of letter cards that they have there, run all the way back to the other side where they have a Wheel of Fortune puzzle 
that they have to solve. It's and like they, it's hangman. You, you have to yeah, guess the phrase. Exactly. You know? And it, if you hence, don't. Yeah. Hence the name. Hang on, man. <laughs> if you run all the way down there and you have the wrong letter, you have to bring a 10 pound weight back with you and hook it onto that bar that's hanging off your partner's. And also they're, they're standing on a narrow plank during this. You forgot to mention that <laughs> the partner's standing out on a narrow plank over a pad like a big yeah it's, literally it's six so paragraphs much. to explain this fucking thing <laughs> it's, it's so my it's the same as my college thesis all right <laughs> this this is us trying to streamline our recaps now yeah and then they're like oh you're trying to do them quicker now allow us to give you a marathon not a sprint it, yeah do you know how i know that because three people said it <laughs> yeah you know what you know who fucking came up with this daily m night Shyamalan. <laughs> All right. It's just way too fucking much. Yeah. The twist yeah. at the end is the big pound, like the however many pound weight at the end that they're like, the you're going to have to carry that back at the end, too. And then all they did was they carried it back and then put it on top of the shipping container. It's like, okay, I thought they were going to have to hang it. They were going to have to also hang it. Not that they were going to have to be like, yeah, I got it. Do, do you want me to? Is you it know good what that right here? OK, cool. I'm going to put it right here. <laughs> yeah. So. And uh, basically, the way to lose this game is your partner falls off the little plank that they're balancing on, or the yeah, weight touches the, the ground. weight touches the ground, anything like that. If you touch or the somebody ground. finishes before you because it's just first place wins yeah. and the rest you're you yeah. suck. pound sand. I I didn't write down the exact quote, but I know Tyson did. I did, and I'm sure you did. Well, thank you for letting his me know name's you his name's Tony though. I'm sure he appreciates the confusion, but I just wanted to. <laughs> I just thought you meant that you assumed that Tyson wrote down his own quote. <laughs> Rick's going to kill me tonight. I should probably think. I'm Guys, thank you late. so much for joining me with the Challenge Fan Podcast. <laughs> Please continue listening to Tony and Karina. Oh, oh he turned his mic off. <laughs> Is this a, an Amanda moment? But for Rick, <laughs> is he going to walk off? Just nope. Um, so anyways, I'm sure somebody else wrote this down other than me, but uh, right before the daily gets started, they do a little like side confessional with Tyson and Alyssa, and it's fucking hilarious. Whoever mm-hmm. would like to talk about it, go ahead. Go for it. <laughs> okay. So uh, so Tyson and Alyssa are standing there doing their confessional, and Tyson's like, yeah, you know, I feel good about this, especially when there's people in the house who are saying, you know, that they bike 12 miles one day. He's like, that's not even a warm up. And he turns and like looks at Alyssa and she kind of smiles at him and she's like, yeah, but that was me. And he was like, oh, my God, that was you. And then he turns over and he's like, oh, Alyssa, that's not even a warm up. Like, (laughs) (laughs) I was dying laughing at this. It was so fucking funny. It was a cute moment between them. I didn't know how they were going to vibe, but that was a that was a cool little moment. Yes. Um, there was also a moment with. Um, I'm sorry. Did you have something no, before no, no, we start? No, 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 no. Go ahead. So, um, you know, just kind of hopping into the daily. Obviously, we're not going to recap everything on this, um, but there was just a couple of little highlight spots. But like one of the moments that I thought was actually really interesting was Ben talking about how great Kira, 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 Kira. Kyra, he says them both. He's not wrong. <laughs> exactly. You guys can't Kyra, get mad. Kira. Kira. So anyway, he was talking about how, you know, great Kira was doing. And like, I did, again, I didn't expect that. And it was just cool to hear like a competitor like Ben. Like, I know that he's a good competitor and stuff. Um, You know, obviously he's a former Survivor winner and all of that. So uh, I thought that was a really cool 
like moment, you know what I mean? And it was like, oh, okay. So like she, she is competing well. That's good to know. Cause she hasn't gotten a lot of like airtime competitively yet. You know, we've seen a lot of no. professionals from her, but she hasn't gotten anything really competitively. So it was cool to hear from another good competitor that he was actually impressed with her. Yeah. I and it's agree. nice that Ben's getting a good edit. Like yeah. some of these people, when they were on their actual shows, didn't always get the best edit. I mean, like it, it was like Jordan with All Stars 3 where he got yeah. he seemed to get like a legit edit that really showcased Jordan. I feel that Ben is getting the same edit on Challenge USA. Yeah, I haven't seen his original season. I'm, I've got 35. I'm like two episodes into it. I, I just have a busy life, but I I do enjoy him thus far. We haven't gotten a ton of airtime, but what I saw this episode, I enjoyed. Mm -hmm. In fact, one of the things getting into the daily that I thought, I thought he had this kind of in the bag. Um, Obviously they get started and, you know, kind of spoiler warning, Angela and Kylan do really fucking good at running and carrying things and solving puzzles. Shocker. Um, they're the first one to get all their stairs installed. And James I think, and Tasha were trying to pace themselves. So they yeah, were moving a lot slower yeah, than everybody. Else. I literally have in here James and Tasha not doing well. Yeah. Um, and not doing well because they're just pacing themselves yeah, too much. And that was the thing is they were afraid that they were going to tire out if they were going, if they were pushing as fast and as hard as the rest of the, the cast, you know? And so they were like pacing themselves, going and, a little slower, you know, whatever. And, but it just didn't pan out because it wasn't. Like, I know everybody kept saying it's, you know, it's a marathon. It's not a sprint, but it really wasn't a marathon because there was such a short amount of the actual running time, especially for one partner. And it's like if you get too far behind where everybody else is moving on to that second step and you're still working on the first, like you're pretty much done at that point. Well, and not only that, it's I think they hard to say this without really getting the time to ask them a million questions about the episode. We only yeah. got seven minutes with them, but I feel like, yes, in normal circumstances against normal everyday competitors that you would see in either Big Brother or Survivor, you can pace yourself and still either finish middle of the pack or towards the top. Mm -hmm. But when you're going in the challenge and you have top tier competitors, especially physical competitors like Angela and Kylan, who were basically in a full out fucking run the whole time, not a jog, but a full out fucking run. Well, I, and they're both runners. Yeah. On a, like in like real life, Tyson, like they run for fun, like Jordan and just, Tyson <laughs> paced himself to keep Alyssa with him. Yeah. You know, he could have done that a lot faster. Yes. But, you know, and so like I get their strategy. It just was the wrong part to do their strategy in. Sarah and Cinco, too, though, man, they were on Angela and Kylan's ass. Well, like, and yeah. I know that Sarah runs marathons and shit because Angela was talking about that in like episode one when she was talking about how badass Sarah is. She's like, dude, she runs like these massive marathons for fun. And I was like, oh, that's cool. You know, so that was cool to see them doing really good together. Yeah. And with the daily Outside of them getting to the stairs and who's doing that, you you get a good idea of where people are. But once they get done with the stairs, it's a fucking guessing game where everybody is and yeah. the edit doesn't help. But you can kind of get the feeling that there's three main teams that you're looking at that are probably going to do well, which is Ben and uh, Kira. 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 Kyra and then there's also uh Kylan and a Angela obviously yeah. and then lastly was Sarah and Cinco those yeah. were the three that seemed like they were really trying to keep pace yeah right at the top um mm -hmm. I thought Ben had it in the bag with his strategy as far as I'm gonna go with RST LNE with the Wheel of Fortune yep. fucking yeah. strategy I was like oh pfft. 
Bingo. <laughs> there you go, Pat. Say Jack. But oh um, it, it was good. And I mean, look, I'm just going to kind of round this out and I'll open it up to you guys talking about your favorite moments from it. But uh, they're going back and forth. Really, all you're seeing is letters running. Yes, no. Okay, great. We don't really know. And then all of a sudden, a few people have their board almost completely done. And it really kind of boils down to uh, Ben and Kira, Kyra, and Kylan and Angela. Uh, Kylan and Angela solved the puzzle first. Uh, in his puzzle, then the word was flutes for Finland, which was I appreciated what they were doing with these words. I mm-hmm. thought that was funny. But Ben finished right behind him, on his ass, on his ass, right behind him. And like I said earlier, Kylan and Angela were just running this whole time, and it seemed like Ben kind of paced himself, but kept a good pace. Mm-hmm. And it just wasn't enough to close that gap at the end. And Kylan and Angela end up winning this daily. Yeah. The the team that lost, and I know I didn't really cover this, was unfortunately James and Tasha. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, James got one of the letters wrong, went to go hook the 10-pound weight, let it go a little bit too quickly based on what he said. It threw off Tasha's balance. and The weight touched the mat on the yeah, bottom and they and were out. They were out. DQ'd. So, you know, at that point, everybody knew that they were safe from going into elimination as far as So losing. it just didn't really matter. Yeah. Yeah. But um, honestly, guys, like you were saying and you were mentioning with Ben and I'll I'll obviously open this to you guys is I think that was the biggest surprise is how well Ben and Kira did together. Mm -hmm. Um, I expected Ben to do well, but I I was really surprised, pleasantly surprised by this. Yeah, absolutely. One thing that I really noticed and that I thought was was really interesting was not only did Kyland and Angela like absolutely just murder this whole competition. Kylan did not have to put one fucking bag on Angela's bars, not one sandbag. The only sandbag he had to pick up was the final one that he had to carry up and set down on the platform, on the little platform thing, which <laughs> to be honest with you, it gave me total fucking flashback vibes to Nelson with the black diamond and fucking the way he like put it down like that. Like obviously Kylan didn't, you know, speak out to the challenge gods the way that Nelson did, but that shit fucking killed me and it gave me flashback moments to that. So I appreciate it because I loved that moment with Nelson. And so it just gave me a little chuckle. And then I was thinking back at how upset I was about Tyson and Angela and, you know, this whole partner thing and Tyson and Angela not being able to be partners throughout the season. And I was like, dude, I was so ready for Tyson and Angela to just run this fucking season. And then here we are three episodes in and Tyson and Angela aren't even partners and they're still running the fucking season. Like, mm-hmm. I am. And so now I'm like all excited again. I'm like, oh, my God, this is still possible. Like, this is great. I'm so excited for this. I was so happy to see like and great for Kylan, too. I know that Kylan is, you know, technically Angela's partner. And so that's that's good. But not in your eyes. (laughs) I don't know. I just it just I, I love it. I love that. Like if they win together, then Tyson wins, then Angela wins. And I'm like, dude, I could just see this being like a theme, you know, an, a regular occurrence throughout the rest of the season because they're both so well-rounded. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, I, the one thing that stood out to me, and I'm glad you kind of mentioned this was when they were running at the end. And I noticed that fucking sand was coming out of Kylan's bag as he was running. <laughs> and I got like super stressed out. Like I was carrying a bag of miracle row with a hole in it. <laughs> Like so like it caused like this weird anxiety just 
fun fact about what I was dealing with that episode. I got I got funny flashbacks and you got anxiety. <laughs> so, That's great. So I think the I only have two things to add from the daily and then we can move on. But I think that a huge part of the reason that Angela and Kylan won beyond just being like a strong team was the fact that Angela clocked the fact that these stairs were not she they would have said it initially anyway, but she reminded him that the stairs were only fit in a certain way. Right. So Kylan didn't make the last maybe one or two runs that she did. And he stayed back and he sorted out all the stairs yep. mm-hmm. and just put them in front of them. So all they had to do when she got back with the last of them was plug them in and go plug them in. Yeah. So they were up there well before the other teams So they had that time to kind of get their groove and go. Not that they needed it, but it was just enough. Like if I think that if Kylan and Angela didn't do that, that we have Ben and uh, Kira Kira. winning. Yeah, I loved that. I loved that. And I felt like it was it was it was almost like a, a callback to the type of partnership gameplay that like Tyson exhibited last week with uh, Justine. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yes, it feels like both of you running together is, is like teamwork, right? Urgh. But really like this was the best display of teamwork. You work on this while I go finish grabbing these or whatever, you know what I mean? So that we're a step ahead of everybody. And I love that strategy. Yeah, no. And so uh, what was the other point you had to add? I say this with absolute love because we all know that I am a huge Danny fan and I wouldn't say anything about Danny in any way other than with absolute love. But we are now at four on the Kiki counter. Yes, it's probably even more than that, to be honest, because like each confessional, he says her name like two or three times. Like (laughs) I've I've been keeping track. (laughs) Have you been keeping track of every time he says her name? She has gotten more airtime than like the bottom third of the cast. (laughs) I'm going to be honest. Look, I love him, but she's definitely got more airtime than David. Well, and you would know he's on your team. Confessional points. (laughs) Same with Enzo for me, bro. I got like two all season. Yeah. Enzo had that one. Yeah. That one Mm, on the first episode. Yeah. Same with like Aza came out hot that first episode. Two episodes. She's zero. I had to check. She was Danny's partner. I didn't even know. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But you know what I did know? I knew what Kiki was thinking. I knew what Kiki yeah. told his ass. I yeah. know exactly what Kiki told him. Yeah, like I, <laughs> oh my God. Was, Sorry, go yeah, ahead. I'll let you finish I, what you're saying. I was just going to say it was on Twitter. Like down on Twitter, he said that he wished, I think Danny tweeted out that he wished that uh, people got to see the strategy that him and Azza were working with. And I looked at it and I was like, Danny was partners with Azza. Like I didn't, right. even, <laughs> I didn't even know. And then when I watched it again tonight, I was like, okay, yeah. They were partners, but she's she had like maybe half a confessional this week. And I don't even know if she was in last week's episode. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't understand. I love it. I love it. So since we're talking about like the Danny Kiki thing, I just wanted to po- point this out and shout this out now. Obviously, we are fucking terrible with names. We don't know if it's Kira or Kyra or Kira or whatever the hell Kira. it is. We are terrible with names. So Kyra. 
I don't know if this is JC or Jackie, but either way, Jackie, I think it's Jackie, but either way, I'm Jackie. Oh, I'm going to Jackie. Oh, yes. So sent me a message on Instagram and says, is someone keeping track of all the things that Kiki told him to do? And I was like, that's fucking hilarious. And if nobody (sighs) is keeping track of that, they fucking should. Because that would be amazing. Karina, what? I'm going to need you to do something. You're going to split this part of the audio and we're going to send it to Danny. Danny, business idea. Put together a book of all the advice Kiki's done and given to you. Yes. And put that out there. It could be a bestseller. Just putting that out there. Advice from Kiki. Yeah. Yes. Kiki's thoughts. Kiki's notes. Yeah. Or something. Something. Oh, yes. That's a great idea. So just putting that out there. Yes. Um, I'm here for it. Definitely. So after the date, oh my gosh, you know I almost sh- what else forgot. We should put out there, yeah. No, go ahead. You first. No, I was just gonna say. You know what else we should put out there? Probably the our, our our ad from Anchor. Anchor.fm. <laughs> you were just gonna. You were just gonna move. No, on. I was literally leading into that. I had a whole thing I was gonna say. Well, then go what ahead and say, say it. What did it sound like? Because no, you weren't. You were like, well, and then next we go into the. And then I said, oh, wait, I forgot. No, by then I was already talking. But anyway, go ahead. Do your thing. No, you already did. No, it. do we it. Are... I'll cut mine. Do no, your thing. I don't want to. Oh, my God. I want to hear what yours was. I do, too. It was literally. Oh, I forgot. And then clip. Go right into it. Oh, that was it. Yeah. See, yours is better. <laughs> I'm taking a quick break. My ass hurts and my back sweating. I need some coffee. Good thing it wasn't in the other order. Thank you guys so much for sticking through that ad with us and welcome back. Um, so we just finished up rounding up the daily. And after that, we get into, you know, the house time slash deliberation. Um, and it leads off right away with Angela and Tyson talking again and, uh, you know, showing how strong their alliance is. Um, and basically, they're kind of talking about what what Angela should do as far as the decision she makes. And mm-hmm. she asks Tyson, like, yeah, do you think I should do that? And, yeah, and they do? name off like the three teams that they're looking at, which is at that point, um, I believe it was uh, Justine and uh, Justine and Leo, Leo uh, James and Tasha. And then no, not James, Dom, James and Tasha already in David and Shannon. Oh, okay. That's what it was. David, yeah, it was and, David and Shan and then Dom and Cachet. Yeah. And, uh, you know, they they're kind of going back and forth and they settle on the fact that, hey, let's just talk to the rest of our people in our line. So the rest of the survivor crew and the rest of the big brother crew and see what they want to do. Yeah. Next is it's really just kind of like a back and forth conversation with James and Dominic and a little bit of cachet and then. James and Leo. And the reason that is, is because uh, obviously Dominic has this feeling that he's going in. Um, he and says he's ready. He says he's ready, you know, and he's telling Cachet to get ready. She doesn't really want to hear it. You know, James is telling Dominic, look, I don't want to go against you. I would much rather go against someone like Leo and Justine because, you know, Justine already has money, which yeah. is a good idea, a good way to look at it. Um, and I think Dom isn't fooled by the smoke and mirrors that we later find out from the exit interview, which was 
James was telling Dominic, I don't want to go against you to try to make him more relaxed and not worried about going in. Yeah, he yeah. wanted him to be like kind of thrown off if he did end up going in, because what James said in the exit interview was that he never really wanted to go against Leo and Justine. Like they knew that it wasn't the worst option because there was money available for grabs if they beat them. But they were really just trying to throw Dom like off center so that he would be unprepared if and when he ended up getting thrown into elimination because... When people have been blindsided in this game, you know, it's easier to beat them in an elimination. So I, I like the approach. Um, but yeah, Dom wasn't having it. He did not buy it. <laughs> and it works both ways, because on the one hand, he was trying to throw Dom off. On the other hand, he was trying to make sure that Leo knew that he was at least a possibility of going in. Yeah. So that he got prepared and wasn't blindsided. Exactly. But then what ended up happening is just the way that it was phrased. Leo then took it as James wants to go against me and wants to take me out, which was not the case. And Ugh. Dom was like hell bent on he was going in. And that was that. And yeah. no one was going to change his mind because he knew that's what was happening. And he had to prepare for that to happen. And I think that comes with the survivor mindset, too. Right. Because with Survivor, you have to scramble because when you're out, you're out. When you're voted in, you're yeah, technically you're, yeah. you're voted out. You're not yeah, voted in. You're voted yeah. out. But with this, where he has the opportunity to fight for his way back, then, of course, his mindset is just going to be like, no, guess I'm going in. I'm yep. going in. I'm coming back. And that's the mindset that he had. And he was just like rock solid on that. It's smart. And he's a super strategic player and he's really good at survivor. Um, he's got a great mindset for this game as well. I think that being so confident because I wouldn't be surprised if part of his game was if I act really confident that I'm going in, then they're not going to put me in. That didn't happen, obviously. But I don't think that the plan of being as confident as he was, other than hyping himself up, mm -hmm. really helped. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what I was going to say is I think it got I think he could have made his point without going over the top. And I think that was yeah. a little bit of the survivor coming out in Dom, which is you have to kind of almost peacock to get your point across to right. everybody. Yeah. And it. In the challenge, it borders on him saying, put me in. I want to go in. And that's mm -hmm. never yeah. a good fucking idea in the no. challenge. You never volunteer to go in. No, ever, and, ever. You know, so challenge uh, challenge fans that have seen the show for a long time look at that as, oh, that's weakness. Throw them in. Mm -hmm. exactly. And those people usually go home. But I think that's kind of a live and learn situation with Dom with this being his rookie season on the challenge, even though yeah. he's a vet of reality TV. Right. Um, yeah. I did find it interesting, though, that before Leo and Justine's name ever really got brought up by James and Tasha, they did a confessional with Leo and Justine or not even a it was like a scene where they were talking. They had a confessional attached yeah. to it. And Leo's like, no, we're good. Yeah, we're good. No it's, way. Uh, yeah, James isn't going to want to go against us. And Justine's like, he has no social game at all. And I was like, oh, poor Leo. He has no, no. idea what's going on in this game. The uh, other thing that really shocked me, because like when they bring in um, Tasha and James, they sort of say, like, who do you want to go against and all that jazz? Mm -hmm. Tasha brings up Dom and Cache. Yeah. James brings up Leo and Justine, 
But the one that shocked me is Sarah and Cinco got brought up. Yeah. In how did what that world do you want to go against Sarah and Cinco in anything like at all? I I don't know. Like they are they are such a dynamic team that I don't know what they can't do together. Yeah. But I also just don't know if they were just randomly throwing out names. And that's the part of the edit that got brought in because chances are they talked about everybody on that board right at some yeah. point yeah i i agree and i think it might have been something like that it could have just been you know p- part of the edit part of the way that they put that scene together but i did notice that too because i was like yep, shut up okay don't nobody want to go against sarah and cinco especially in an elimination because that's not like a daily where you just lose against Sarah and Cinco and oh, you live to, you know, have another day tomorrow. No, 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 no. That's not the fucking same. Yeah, you're fucking lucky. <laughs> you call Sarah and Cinco down there. It's going to be in a hall brawl. Yeah. Hmm. The the whole part of the whole part in this that, you know, kind of like shocked me the most or whatever was. So, you know, obviously after, you know, they have their little deliberation talk and um, James and, Lee, you know, James goes and tells Leo and, you know, Leo gets really upset, takes this like personal that, you know, he's taking it as like you said, that James is coming after him and wants to get him out of the game as opposed to just James letting him know like, hey, you're a possibility. But, you know, so Leo, go- Leo goes and runs and tells Kayla about everything and she just like hops right on board and I'm like. After the, you know, friendship, I guess, or whatever that we saw kind of grow between them on episode two when they were partnered together, um, you know, going through the daily, winning the elimination together and just all of that. It was just like it was a little shocking for me that she wouldn't have gone and talked to James and maybe she did and we didn't see it. But it just seemed like she immediately hopped on the like, oh, that's terrible. Like, fuck James kind of train. And it it just like it made me sad because I love the James and Kayla relationship. And so that part, I was just like, oh, man, that kind of (laughs) sucks. Well, I will say that the night after the night after it aired, or I guess the night that it aired, uh, James had tweeted out that he was on his way to whatever coast Leo lives on to watch the episode with Leo. So clearly there's no bad blood there. That's good. I would almost say that with Kayla, it's a matter of like. If somebody from your quote unquote team comes to you and is like, this person's being a whole bag of dicks, you're not going to say, well, it's probably not. You're going to say, yeah, totally get that. And that's true. Maybe she was just in the moment. Yeah. And then just like go talk to them afterwards. And then James would have said, no, I was trying to do this. And she goes, oh, that makes more sense. Yeah. And that could be possible, too. It's just, again, editing, you know, but it was just something that like I noticed and I was like, oh, damn. All right. But yeah, you're probably right. She was probably just, you know, playing the game like you don't want to separate yourself from people, especially so early. So you just go with whatever the hell they say. So I get it. You know what I really liked? And obviously we're apples. uh, Yeah, I do. (laughs) Apples and bananas. Once we get into elimination, we find out who they're going against. Right. And it's one of the people that we're talking about already. And the reason. Uh, well, one of the pairs, sorry, uh, that, that we're talking about. I don't want to give it away before we get into it, obviously. But uh, the fact that it took till episode three that we didn't get a blindside is so anti flagship challenge where mm-hmm. the first 
two to three eliminations are fucking mailed so in. You know who's going in. Yeah, you it's know, like, like flipped on this. You yeah. know the first two. You know the first two or three people that are going home as soon as they show you who all is there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it. It was just interesting to me that we got the exact opposite mm-hmm. opposite in Challenge USA, and instead we get blindsides. And this was the first like, okay, we kind of get an idea of who's going in. I'm with the blindsides. I love I'm, it. I'm here. For I fucking it. love it. It's yeah, the it. best part of I it. I like yeah. it. It's um, much more so. of a survivor, like yes. a survivor style edit. I feel like I feel like Challenge USA is really pulling elements from all of the shows that they've already pulled competitors from. Exactly. And that's exactly how it feels like even with the games like that was such a survivor game, but elevated with like a challenge twist, a challenge twist to it. Right. With it being like up in the air and you're over, you're out on the narrow plank, but you're up in the air, you know, just all this different stuff. But it was such a survivor type game. And then, you know, like the um, the bicycle elimination one like i've heard that that's very amazing race-ish kind of a thing you know what i mean so and it's also very big brother-ish like that's something i could see them doing on big brother so like i I love how they're doing that the elimination too is also very akin to something that you could see on big brother like it was just asinine enough that it would fit that mold. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And like, I know big brother gets shit on as like the backyard competitions, but at the same time, like the one competition that they do every year that I think translates well to the challenge is the one where they're on the incline the and it's tilt. a fucking, no, it's a slip and slide and you got to fill up that jug. Oh yeah. And they end up doing it for like two, three hours where they're just going up and down this little fucking hill and slipping and falling. And they're trying to bring a cup full of like goo and pour it into this giant container and it takes them a while and people get fucked up but that is a tough one that's like one of the big brother competitions that i watch i'm like i wouldn't that one that. lasts a long time and then the wall tilt one always lasts a few usually lasts a couple that, hours as well yeah but people i mean yeah it could work it's just it's a boring competition it's to watch super fucking boring because yeah. all they're doing is standing on the side of yeah. a wall getting squirted with fucking ketchup and mustard but you know, it's it's still a long it's an endurance thing. It's a long time standing on that little tiny ledge. And, you know, yeah, no. And I, I see the your point in that, too. Was the flashback that we got of Shan with the Shantham really early on in the episode, the first real flashback other than when we were introducing people like the I first flashback so. of gameplay? I believe so. Of an actual the, other show, the yes. Only, the yeah. only one I can really pinpoint, yeah, is like the intros where they showed like Tyson and then they showed James from Amazing, you know what I mean? Like, and yeah. there wasn't, they didn't even do that for all the players. It was just a select few that they showed flashbacks from their original show, like Tiffany, Tyson, right. you yeah, know, Xavier. I, I, Xavier got one. I don't know if Angela got one. But no, she did. It was sitting in the final chair because I remember they okay. showed her in that red shirt she wore. That's right. OK. Yeah. So but anyway, you know, so that I think you're right. I think that's the first the first one. Um, but anyway, I'm sorry. Let's get into the the elimination. God, I fucking love the name of this one, too. You ready? Plug and play. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Oh, my God. You're such a child. I know. So here I'm going to go ahead and just kind of get into the the description of what the elimination is, and then we'll go into the pick and then how everything unfolds. So the elimination that uh, James and Tasha are going to be going against uh, the other pairing is basically you're starting on top of a platform that's uh, got a, you know, like a water tank, like a Houdini water tank underneath it. And it's got these looks like nuts and bolts 
is the best way to put it. Like if different shapes, like because they're the same size as like a nut. Well, yeah, they just have puzzle pieces. Yeah, it's but they're <laughs> styrofoam puzzle pieces that are fucking chained in down into the tank. What you're going to have to do is one person's going to have to go in there, unchain those, hand them up to the person on top. They're going to have to take a like a firefighter's pole ride or slide down mm-hmm. and then stack up these pieces. I believe there's 14 total puzzle pieces that eventually will make a tower. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't even think there's a specific way that they go together. I think you just have to stack them. Yeah, it's kind of like that. Uh, that Kellyanne uh, elimination in what was that? In, was that uh, Bloodlines or was that Rivals I Three? I don't remember either. But it's similar where you just have to stack stuff up. Yeah, and then on top of that, there is, um, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, there is uh, basically a little lever that TJ is going to pull. And when he pulls that, there's a drain pipe that's inside the tank and it's going to start draining the water out super quick, super quick. And there's a little red line that they've taped around the tank. And once the water hits that red line or underneath it, you're eliminated right there. Yeah. Game over. That's the explanation of plug and play. They announced that the team that Dominic and Cache are going to be going or Dominic and Cache are going to be the team going against James and Tasha. Yeah. So they go ahead and get started. Honestly, when I saw this. I thought it was going to be pretty much case closed that Dominic and Cache were losing. Mm, I, I didn't really know. Honestly, it's so hard to say. It was I thought it was a coin flip because I didn't fully understand the mechanics of the elimination when like yeah. when they explained it. Because, again, the, like both the daily and the elimination, there were so many moving parts mm-hmm. that it wasn't until the thing actually started going that I really understood it. Yeah. Um, and it wasn't until the exit interview that we had with um, Tasha and James where they said about like the height disparity yeah. that I really noticed the height disparity, but not just between Tasha and James, but also between Tasha and Cache. Yeah, yeah Cache is tall. And 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 that that was my thing is I really expected James and Tasha to do well in this. Until I really kind of understood what the elimination was. And then once I saw how the how it was going or what needed to be done, it was like, okay, Dominic's going to kind of smoke through this. It's just going to really rely on how well Cache can carry out her part on this. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that height disparity or discrepancy that you were talking about once we talked to them in the exit interview really did kind of ring true of what happened. Yeah. Um, I think the most interesting part about this whole elimination, though, was what I thought was going to be the stupidest thing, which was TJ pulling this lever. And it turned out to what created the most drama in the whole elimination. Well, and Mm. that's the thing. Like, we've seen eliminations like this where TJ's like, I'm going to pull the lever and you're going to run out of water. And then, like, the water fucking just trickles out of there and drains, like, super fucking slow. I can't even remember what elimination it was, but it was within the last, like, five or six seasons on the main flagship show and so when he said that i was like okay tj like okay and then he pulls that fucking plug and this water just starts rushing out and i was like okay yeah no tj wasn't fucking around and i honestly thought that he was just gonna at some point randomly in the middle of the elimination pull the plug but no fuck you i'm pulling it right as i say go like horn blow boom you're and you better hurry your ass yeah i thought that it it was gonna be like once the puzzle pieces are out or they're on the last puzzle piece then i'll start draining it but no and then he's like 
like, you know, oh, it's up to you. You guys can decide if you want to go down and try to plug the hole, you know? And I'm like, oh, okay, well, that's fucking common sense. Like, of course, you're going to mm. try to plug the hole, right? Like, duh. Well, hold up. Before we get to that, did anybody catch how James was originally plugging the hole? With his butt. He said it hurt. Yeah, like that seems like the worst strategy to try to sit while you're underwater. <laughs> well, I think it was because he was already he already had to be down so low to unhook Unchained. the puzzle pieces. Yeah. So he just tried to sit on it while he was doing that so that he could kind of kill two birds with one stone. Yeah. He was, he was really doing. smart about how he did the second way with the shoe because that shoe has yeah. a rubber is rubber mm-hmm. sole and it's going to create a better gap on that or stop gap on that pipe. Yeah. Even though they had holes drilled in the side, so it was still going to drain water. Dom did. Yeah. Dom did get those puzzle pieces out super fucking quick. Like I was actually really impressed. Yeah. That he unchained those and got those out of that water quick but then he just stood there he he, well, he think, blocked it for a second but then it was like it was i a, think he blocked it on accident yeah <laughs> i think been. that he was still like he stood on it like i think that he got so caught up in all the other elements because again both of these challenges today there were a lot of elements but i think he got so caught up with it that he just like the part about the plug just completely passed him by yeah. once he actually got into it. Yeah. The thing that I don't understand and that kind of bothers me a little bit is everybody on the sidelines are yelling and like cheering on Cache, cheering on Tasha, like telling everybody what to do. And then everybody has the confessionals saying, saying like, why aren't you what the hell's you? Dom doing? Yeah. Like he's not plugging the thing. Like why didn't a single person yell, that yell out. from the crowd mm-hmm. plug the pipe? Because Dominic, instead they like, the pipe. you can do it. Keep yeah. going. Keep going. Cut to confessional. Why isn't he plugging you know the what? pipe? I'm like, oh my God. Here, I'm going to kind of go back for a second because I just thought of this when we're talking about the dynamic of Cache and Dom working together. Um, we were talking about there being upset on Twitter. And maybe it isn't what Dom said in the very beginning that I even think was bad. I can see people getting upset about the confessional right before they go into the elimination arena. Oh, yeah, definitely. Where, where he talks about, like, you're just going to do what I tell you to do kind of thing. Like, that was like, oh, okay, wow. Yeah. But I don't know. It... It's the edit. It's so hard to tell. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I, and I just wanted to flash back to that real quick. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I, I agree with you because like, like I said, initially, I like I can absolutely find an easy way to defend slash explain the first confessional, especially in contrast to the second confessional when he basically said, like, I don't care about the drama. I'm here to win the game yeah. like that. Those two kind of go part and parcel as him just sort of like being half joking or whatever but this one at the end i was just like come on man like you're not you're not helping the situation because she was trying to say that because she's smaller and taller it made more sense for her to do the in the the thing in the water right it made more sense for him to stack and he's just like no that's not what we're doing i actually think that i agree with dom in the sense that water displacement is a thing and also so if he's in the tank, the water is going to be higher anyway, so that as it lowers, it's going to give them technically a little bit more time. But also she's taller so she can stack higher. Well, than Dom I, can. I think but I really. I'm yeah. sorry. Go ahead, Tony. I was just going to say, but I having now watched that scene twice, 
it made me uncomfortable both times. Yeah. What I was going to say is, and and this is just an assumption, and we don't know this for a fact. We haven't talked to Dom or, or anything at all, but I think it was a simple fact that she can't swim. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and, that, I mean, and how's she going to do yeah, a lot of she, swimming in there? But, yeah, but still just the pressure of holding your breath to go yeah. swim down to the bottom of the tank and then hold your breath down there long enough to unclip them. He's probably actually right. Yeah. Yeah. He, he was in the right spot. I, I honestly think let's if that they may they, not have won. If James and Dominic were on the outside stacking and Tasha and Cache were in the tanks, Cache and Dom go home. Yeah. yeah, that's fair. I could see that. But unfortunately that, well, not even on I don't want to say, unfortunately, like either way it would have sucked. Um, I'm just sad to lose James because I really enjoyed him and I wanted him longer, but this was, this was interesting. Did you guys, any, either of you catch what Cache said about being underestimated? No. About how she gets turned on by being underestimated. Like, I don't want to kink shame anyone, but that's, it was just weird to me. No, I didn't get it. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, I actually put that note in there with an LOL. So, um, anyway, so yeah. Uh, Dom, so Dom hasn't been plugging his hole. James, <laughs> James was, James was plugging his hole, um, with his foot. Dom is just standing on the bottom of the tank and just like yelling at Cache to, you know, stack the blocks or whatever. But he is not doing anything about that fucking drain pipe. And it, the water is just rushing out. And I legit thought they were about to be fucking DQ'd because that water hit that that red line right as they fucking called for a check. And I was like, how are they going to deal with this? And TJ called him clear. You know, he he cleared him and they won the game. But that water was so and it may it may have been a little bit high. Obviously, it's camera angles and stuff like that. So the water may be may have been a little bit higher than what it looked to us on TV. But it was still so fucking close. And if you looked at Dom's tank, Dom and Cache's tank compared to James and Tasha's tank, like James and Tasha's tank was still like almost halfway full. Like they had so much more water than than Dom and Cache did. Like they almost fucking lost. So but, you know, they didn't. They win. Uh, James and Tasha, unfortunately, are sent home. Dom and Cache get to stay. And Dom is feeling quite, uh, quite vengeful towards Angela and Kylan and says that he wants he wants revenge on them for sending him into elimination, which is really fucking weird to me because even before they decided to send him in, he was wa- walking around saying he was ready and wanted to go in and knew he was going in and all this stuff. So I'm like, I don't know. That that was kind of weird to me. But hey, I, I, you know, I get it. I, I did really like Tasha's exit confessional where she said she's gotten a taste and wants more of the challenge. Yeah. You know, James is humbled by the experience from watching as a fan and now getting to, to experience it and then both yeah. wanting to come back. And honestly, I, we didn't get much of Tasha. I would love to see more of her because from what I hear, she's fucking phenomenal on Survivor. Yeah. And I would love to see her get the opportunity to prove more of herself on the challenge. And totally. James was a surprise from episode one. I love him so much. Yeah, I'm upset that he's gone. I, yeah. I really liked him on the show. I think he's got a lot of potential in, oh, yeah. as far as in the challenge world to do really, really well. Yeah. The other thing I just really wanted to mention about this episode, um, and it was my... It was honestly my quote of the night, and it was from Dominic, which is always plug your hole. <laughs> my God, it's a solid piece of advice. You're a child. That's also a testament to like Dom's sense of humor. Yeah, yeah. As well, exactly. <laughs> which was running through all of those confessionals throughout the evening. Yeah. But other than that one. 
and yeah, like that is that is like peak Dom. Yeah. I, I appreciate that. I mean, I, I work in a blue collar industry. So like I said, <laughs> I hear it all the time. It was well done. Yeah. So uh, uh, episode ends, obviously, you know, TJ walks over and starts to run the algorithm the machine or whatever the hell you want to call it. Um, but we won't find that out until next episode. But we do get a next time on. And I'm so fucking excited. I literally took two notes. The first one is the first scene that happens in the in the next on, which is Cache doesn't want BB to take over the house understandable the second clip in there is tj saying it's trivia day and talking about 250 feet above the ground and i have no fucking clue what happened in the next time on after that moment because i just literally was overcome with so much fucking joy that they are actually gonna do a trivia episode on this karina was in the fetal position on the couch nothing else mattered at that moment we get to watch tj question these former survivors and big brother players and amazing racers and love islanders and all this shit and then laugh at them as they fall 250 feet off of whatever this fucking building is and i am so fucking stoked i didn't know if they were going to do trivia this season and the fact that they are i'm just like oh like is so good i i do hope that they go to a different type of trivia than they did on all stars three I was not a big fan of the way that one worked, but I will always take trivia over non-trivia regardless. Oh, yeah. Well, and here's my thing. Like, I I love the trivia, like, the when they're talking about just everything. But one of my favorite ones was All-Stars 1 when they did the challenge trivia. And I thought that was really cool. I know they can't really do that with, with this cast, but that was one of my favorite trivias because I thought that that was, like, a really, you know... Um, challenge like take on on doing trivia day was just doing challenge trivia and where all these finals and these seasons have been filmed and who did this and that and this and that and so i thought that was cool but i don't like the putting your your mark thing on other people i don't like that no. one i just if you get the question wrong you get the question wrong and you get an x and you only get like two x's and then you fall or whatever like they did on i can't remember what season that was but anyway moving on i'm sorry um Fantasy? Uh, MVPs? Uh, no MVPs. Yes. Somebody else has to go first. Okay. Um, I'll I'll lead off this week. Um, my MVP this episode was honestly Kylan and Angela. I mean, because I thought they had some really stiff competition in this daily with some of the pairings with Sarah, Cinco, uh, Ben, and Kira, Kyra. And they fucking smoked it. And they, you know, I just... Props to them. Two of my favorite players on the show. I'm going to give it to them. That's fair. That's fair. <sighs> I, I know that my female MVP is Angela. She absolutely killed it. I'm super impressed with the fact that we're three episodes in. She's won two of them. Like, that's awesome. But I'm just, I'm so back and forth on the guys. Like, I feel like there's so many different people who could earn this this week. Like, obviously, Kylan, because he killed it in the, in the daily. Um, you know, I think that Ben deserves a shout out because he was on Kylan's ass in that daily. And I was not expecting that from Ben and, and Kira, you know, and then obviously like I would, I want to give a shout out to Tyson because he was literally part of controlling who went in and he wasn't even 
the part of the fucking winning team. And so to me, that shows how much control he really has over like the game and the house and how much people really value him in that house. And so it's just like, there's so many options for the male. I'm going to give it to Kylan because I feel like, you know, it's the easiest way to make the decision between those three for me um, is to just give it to the one who ended up winning the daily. But it is just so hard for me to not give it to like Ben or Tyson because of their like, you know, what they were also able to accomplish in this. And then there's always James. Like I know that his his social play didn't work as well this week as it has been working the last two, but like he still has really great fucking strategy to this game. It just wasn't his day. So my, yeah, my, my male MVP will be Kylan with quite a few honorable mentions following (laughs) my, so female MVP is co MVP between Angela and cache Nice. Angela, for all the reasons we mentioned, Cache because she absolutely beasted the elimination and she held her own in the daily. And this was really her like coming out episode, much like Justine's was last week. I find that the Love Island crew are really shining in the series so far because we already went in knowing that there are certain people on Survivor we liked, certain people on Big Brother we liked, same with Amazing Race. But Love Island were a bunch of like unknown variables, not that they were unknowns, but that we didn't know how they were going to compete and we didn't know how they were going to interact with the other players in the house. Uh, but Cache has really come into her own, um, probably within the past two episodes, but specifically like this episode. Mm-hmm. And then for male, I'm going to give it to James uh, for pretty much exactly what you said. It's a matter of an incredible social game, and it just didn't pan out this time around. But I absolutely think that we're going to see him again. And I know that everything that he's learned on this season, he's going to apply next season with an honorable mention to Ben, who was right on Kylan's butt the entire day. And you could tell at the end that he had absolutely given it his all and had zero quit. Plus, like he's probably got 10 years on Kylan, possibly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Five or ten, because I don't under I have I have no concept of how old people are um, (laughs) unless somebody has specifically said. So I would say somewhere between like five to ten years on Kylan and was absolutely right there with him the entire time. Absolutely. So, yeah. okay. Kylan's I want to say he's thirty no, he he's can't be. 29, 29 and Ben is 39. So 10 years exactly. Okay. I wasn't too Boom. far off. Got I was going to say, first try. <laughs> yeah. Stats and info. Fuck. Well, you know, it is what it is. So, unfortunately, with all the changes, obviously, like if you guys are listening to this, you guys are listening to this on Saturday um, instead of Tuesday. We've changed our recording days and all of that. And with just all the craziness that happened this week, I completely forgot to poll you guys on who you guys wanted as your MVP, and I feel like a complete dick for it. And you guys can are free to let me know how terrible I am um, for just one day, though. Okay, just just on Saturday and then Sunday, the deal is off. No more. Only yesterday. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, only yesterday. This is us speaking to you from the past, from the but past in the future. In the future. Yeah, no. You missed it. Try again next time. 
I am I am terrible. I will probably um, still poll you guys just to see what you guys think. And then I'll share the results on Instagram as opposed to us discussing them here on the podcast. Um, so just keep an eye out for those. I will have those up probably Sunday. We'll pull you guys. And then, you know, obviously just count that in towards the like end of the season overall MVP thing. But I just wanted to we apologize. can we can mention it on next week's recap as well. When yeah, we do yeah. The MVPs. Yeah, exactly. So I will be better about that. I just have to find a new schedule because now we have exit interviews on Thursday and then releasing same day Thursday. And then every other week we have unplugs coming out on Fridays. And then now we have, you know, roundtables coming out on Saturdays. So it's like those three days between when the episode airs and then when we record our recap has just been crazy this week. So I just have to find a new schedule, a new little routine. I will get there. I promise. Okay, so the last thing we're going to cover is we are doing a fantasy season um, between myself, Karina, Tony, and Josh. Um, We all have teams of seven, and um, the points... Uh, Not all of us. Not anymore, but we start (laughs) off with teams of seven. Uh, The way we're acquiring points on this is we get one point for every confessional per episode from someone on our team. Uh, If someone on our team gets the daily win, that's three points. And if someone on our team gets an elimination win, that's five points. Once we get to the end of the season, we will calculate everything up to see who had the most daily wins, which would be a 10 point uh, bump, most elimination wins, 15 point bump, most monies, a 20 point bump and making the final is a 25 point bump. And then finally, if they win the final, it's a 30 point increase. With all that being said, coming into this week, we had myself in the lead with 65 points, Tony in second with 57 Karina in third with 53, so pretty tight race right there. And then Josh bringing up the rear with 46, a little bit further behind, but still within striking distance. Mm -hmm. Now, going into this week, we had kind of a reverse of fortunes from last week. Tony was the big dog last week with like something like 37 points. (laughs) He came in a little bit lower on that with 12 points this week. Uh, Ouch. Cinco, David, and Desi just kind of killed him. They had a combined total of one confessional. (laughs) Did they do it all together? Nope, it was just Cinco talking about cachet. Yeah, no, I know. I was just So tough week for uh, Tony there. Yeah. Josh uh, did a little bit better than last week, had 20 points total. Um, obviously, Cash L is already out. Uh, Kylan, big score for him. Five points uh, in the confessionals, three points in the daily. And then Tasha, big time confessional win was seven points. Nine, yeah, she had a lot of confessionals. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Karina, you you did really well this week. You got 29 total points. Uh, you know, Angela's uh, two confessionals, which was weird. I figured she would have more confessionals, but she did have a lot of airtime just live air time, she's had say. a lot she, yeah exactly like yeah but she also got the three points uh from her daily the daily one yeah um your big score this week was on confessionals you had leo with six mm-hmm. sarah with five and then james topping them all with nine, nine. Yeah. yeah so james good. i love you thank you with that being said i will miss you top score this week was myself i got 34 points Alyssa got me four. Aza gave me a big donut, but that's cool, girl. I still love you. <laughs> um, Cache, girl, thank you. Seven confessions, five points for the elimination. That's a big 12 points right there. Danny, you know, it's all right. You only got me one. That's cool. I, I appreciate it, though. I should count for two, though, because Kiki. I yeah, mean, exactly. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> 
Enzo got me two confessionals. I'm happy with that. But my the big score this week for me was Dominic with his 10 total confessions. Yeah. Season record. Yeah. And then five elimination points for the elimination win. So yeah. um, the way the points lay out after episode three is I am still in the lead uh, with 99 points. Karina has retaken second with 82 Woo. points. Yeah. Uh Tony's fallen to third with 69 points. Nice. Nice. God, you're Josh uh, bringing up the rear with 66, but still within striking distance. All it takes is, you know, someone becoming the main storyline is what we saw because, you know, a lot can happen. You know, it, it could have very easily been my team that yeah. got a bunch of donuts on there because we're seeing the well, on one of these weeks. It will be. Yeah. You know what I mean, it's just, edits, it's just how it goes. Yeah. The edit's going to happen where someone becomes a main storyline and someone on our team isn't uh, the big win for Tony, though, is he still has the most opportunity for points because he hasn't lost anybody on his team yet. Yeah. On the flip side of that, Josh is having a hard time. He lost Giovanni week one, Cashel week two, and then um, turn around and lost Tasha this week. So that's three people out for him. Uh, me and Karina both have two people or wait. Yeah, because no. I lost James and, and Sally and you've lost Tiff and that's it. Oh, OK. Anyways, that's how the fantasy points are breaking down. If you guys want to uh, see visuals and take a look at all that, um, we post it on IG. It's in our highlights. Um, yeah. We have a highlight on our page called uh, USA Draft. Um, so if you want to see any of the layouts, the past, follow along with it. It's on there. Also, um, once again, I know we forgot to do this last week, but I just want to give a shout out to Challenge Stats. That's where we are keeping or getting like our, our information for confessional accounts and stuff like that so they are definitely saving us a headache so shout out to them make sure you guys are following them on ig super dope page yeah uh but i think that's i think that's about it that's all i really I've got the coin count oh yeah 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 let's yeah, do yeah, coin yeah. Count. Money, money 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 Ow. um tyson <laughs> and angela 11 grand each yeah buddy kylan's got seven grand coming Justine in hot six and then Dom and Cache both have 2,500. So they also answer the question of what happens when one partner has more money than the other when they're eliminated. It's it doesn't split. just go to the player of the same gender. It gets split and then distributed evenly. Yeah. Um, I, think I didn't the think way. about that until Justine was going like when they were talking about Justine because she had the 6,000. I was like. I said to Sarah, I said, does that mean that like Tasha would get 6,000 and then James money, only gets the one, get the one, but <laughs> That'd be messed it obviously up. gets split in half. Um, and then Aza That's and cool. Kayla both have two grand and everybody else has one grand. I love it. Really quick. Speaking of the money, I know this is absolutely fucking ridiculous, but I forgot to mention something in the daily that was probably my quote of the night because it had me fucking rolling is what after tj explained the game in the daily he was like you know um <laughs> the you know it's a 10 you know ten thousand dollars for you guys to split and he was like and you'll be qualified to run my final 
Tyson might be triple qualified to run my final. And I fucking <laughs> lost it laughing. And so like, and he was pretty, you know, he was pretty damn close. It wasn't like Tyson and, and Alyssa did terrible. Well, but anyway, since we were talking about the money, that just, it reminded me about that quote. And I forgot to mention it uh, when we did the daily. So I wanted to throw that in there. Obviously, Tyson didn't end up triple qualifying on this episode, uh, which is, you know, lucky for everybody else, in my opinion. Real quick, before we close it out, I, I know, Tony, it's getting late, but I'm going to ask this one final question. When we get to the final and the people with the money in the final, do you think they're going to get a prize for second and third? Or do you think their 500K is going to get split between the winners and whoever has money in their account mm-hmm. is yeah. the money they go home with? That's yeah. what I think. I think it's going to okay. be 500K, 250, you know, male, female, 250 split. For first place, second and third, go fuck yourself with whatever you have in your bank. Have a good day. Okay. Yeah. That's what I think is going to happen. But, you know, well, I guess we'll see. Yeah, I was just curious. So um, it I, might be like thinking. the it might be like the 37 thing where they're like, hey, you guys have 250. You know, you guys have five hundred thousand dollars to split between each other. You guys can decide if you want to give some money to second or third place or whatever. But I don't know if they would do that because it's too too it's much too for low rookies. of a price. Yeah. yeah. And it's yeah, for rookies. So I think it's just going to be first place and and nothing else. Agreed. But, All right. Yep. Yeah. Well, I think uh, I think that pretty much sticks a fork in it for the episode three recap. Yeah. Um, we want to thank you guys so much for tuning in. Uh, for myself, Ricky Hayes, my beautiful wife Karina Hayes, who does all the editing, Whoop. makes me look a lot smarter than I actually am. <laughs> um, and then of course Tony stats and motherfucking info Lance and a big shout out to Josh Chambers couldn't make it tonight but we we miss miss you bud thank you so much for tuning in we all really do appreciate it if you get a chance go through rate us five stars if you're going to rate us anything less do that on someone else's podcast not ours and go check out our Josh interview we just released an interview with Josh yesterday at Challengers Unplugged with Josh Martinez yes Josh Martinez go listen to it I promise even if you don't like Josh Go listen to this interview. Just we, give it a chance. I promise you right Even now. if you misunderstand Josh. Yes, thank you. Yeah. That's a better way of saying it. And I promise you right now, he does not bang any pots and pans during the interview. No, no it's pots solid, and pans. good audio the whole time. It will give you a new perspective on Josh. It definitely did so for me. And many other people have reached out already since we released it, yeah. letting us know that so yeah so go listen to that so a recap within the recap is we just had the exit interview with tasha and those will be linked down in the actually i'll link it all yeah and then we have the josh martinez interview Mm -hmm. that we just did it's a solid like 90 minutes to two hours it's like an hour 45 yeah good interview yeah if i i'm patting myself on the back i'm patting you on the back tony wasn't (laughs) there otherwise i'd pat him on the back um, but we'll pat him on the back anyway. Yeah, sure. Rub in the fact that I missed it. <laughs> Here you go, buddy. Oh, thank God. you. Anyway. You're welcome. <laughs> Anyways, guys, thank you so much for tuning in. We really do appreciate it. Um, we're glad that you're able to let us be a part of, you know, your day, evening, whatever it may be, your commute. Um, and as always, if you have any questions, you want to know anything, hit us up on social media. Um, we'll have it all linked below. But otherwise, enjoy your guys' selves, be good to each other, and love y'all. Bye. Later. Bye.